When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The CSGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app, use promo code CHGO when you sign up. It is Tuesday, Adam Hogue, Mark Carmen, Nicholas Moriano here with you today. Uh, a little bit of a different show after what we witnessed last night in the Monday Night Football game, which was, uh, I think, very tough for all of us to watch, uh, no matter who you are, and... Um, Kind of a reminder that some of the silly football stuff that we talk about a lot uh, doesn't always quite matter as much as the life of, uh, you know, a player who, and we're all thinking about uh, DeMar Hanlon and hoping that he pulls through with all this. Yeah, well, here, look, we're going to have as honest of a show as we can, which will be, which will flow through perhaps different um, points of feelings and or laughing on the show versus like having serious tones but I, I just want to uh, obviously prayers for Demar Hamlin you you never want to see anybody in any walk of life uh, end up in cardiac arrest in the hospital and he as unfortunate as he was to be on the football field yesterday he was fortunate to be in the situation where he was, could get immediate attention and prayers that you know he can come through this um, I, I I just always when these things happen, uh, you know, I consider you, Adam Hogue, to be a very smart, grounded person. I consider you, Nicholas Moriano, to be the same thing. Like, no, I don't, the whole, uh, you know, this really puts things in perspective. When we're on this show <laughs> and we're yelling about the Bears need to do X, Y, Z, I just hope that we, like, we don't need, there's no perspective needed. It, it's called sports important. And then there's real life important. This is what, what we do, and I know that people care about this a ton, and I care about it a ton too, but it's, it, it is under the umbrella of sports important, which is not as, again, as important as real-life importance. So, like, you know, there's so much conversation. When should they play this football game? They should not play this football game. The, use NFL tiebreakers, use something. This, this football game doesn't need to be played because real-life importance is going to trump sports importance, and there's no way that you can ask these guys to play this game at any point in time. Uh, Nick, get in here, but it was it was a it was a tragic night for the NFL, and also um, a, it, I don't want to call it a fluke, but it, it, it was a it was a very fluky play. This is not somebody who's had repetitive head injuries. This is a young guy making a tackle who got hit uh, in the chest in the wrong way, and 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 is is fighting for his life right now. It's just a reminder, you guys, of how violent this game can be. Like that seems like a tackle that you see on every Sunday, right? You see it throughout the entirety of a game. But then that's a 24-year-old who, you know, is fighting for his life. And like you guys were just saying, just hope for the best for him. But it is a reminder of, like, before you think about lashing out on one of those players, whatever player it is on your fantasy team or just on Twitter, how about just keep those thoughts to yourself? Because <laughs> this is a game that they play, you know, obviously it's a game they grow up wanting to become a part of this league. 
And the, this is the risk, right? And like you said, Mark, it's not an injury that you're going to see on a typical basis, but it is risky. This game is not, not – you're not meant to be played by everybody. It's professional athletes that, that do put their bodies on the line. But it's a reminder that it can be uh, a scary sport. And, you know, again, 24-year-old, hopefully uh, DeMar Hamlin is, uh, can come out on the, on the right side of things. And I've, I've seen videos on him, and there was, there was one that, you know, basically two weeks ago just saying, you know, you have to appreciate life every single day because you don't know how long uh, – you know, everything's going to last. It's like, oh, my God, uh, you know, just have it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But you also don't expect to be in this situation two weeks later. Uh, and we're, we're going to have a doctor coming up here. Uh, Dr. Nikhil Verma has been on the show before. He's a surgeon director. He's the team physician um, for both the, the White Sox and the Bulls. is going to be with us here in, in, fi- in five minutes to give us the medical side of this. Um, but, look, I, you know, one other – this, this is – uh, you know, no, nobody should be trying to gain moral ground about how much they care about life around DeMar, and we're certainly not going to do that on this show. And at the same time, uh, you know, we're prayers up for DeMar. And, and also, you know, from a just living life perspective, this isn't going to change anything in football. Guys are going to – everyone's going to still play football. We're all going to still watch football. We're all going to enjoy when there's hits, violent hits on the field. Like, you have to be able to separate the two and, and, real, and realize that people don't want to live their lives in, in bubble wrap. And, you know, Chris Pronger nearly died on the ice from a similar type of injury, which is a better for the doctor to talk about. This is not, this is not really just a, a, a football thing. Line drive up the middle that cracks you uh, in the chest like this, something like this could happen. Um so, you know, I, I, I guess my, my overall point here is that, uh, you know, there, there's got to be um, this, this, this shouldn't be some like big attack on, on the sport of football from, from this particular injury. No. Um, and it's a dangerous sport and people like to do dangerous things. Here's where I kind of am this morning and was last night, too. We live in a society right now where everybody like needs to rush to like have a thought on stuff. And I think sometimes you could slow down. And there's three words sometimes that are 100% okay to say. I don't know. I don't know if they should play this game. I don't know if they should play these games this weekend. I'm not qualified to quite frankly have an opinion on it. Just like last night, during the game, they can't play. They shouldn't play. How could you play? Like, what if hypothetically every single Bills player in that locker room was in that locker room going, let's go play for them. Let's go win this game. If that's what they decided, fine. I would have been okay with it. Who am I to say? But, but I think it was handled extremely well by pretty much everybody involved. The head coaches. For Zach Taylor... Because it seemed like they were about to get ready to try to play. And then it seemed like Zach Taylor, the Bengals coach, came over to the Bills sideline and was like, well, wait a minute, Sean, are you sure you want to? And then they kind of like, yeah, let's take a little bit more time here. Let's go to the locker room. And again, it's like you don't need to be in a rush to make a decision. It's okay to, in a moment, say, I don't know what's best here. And, right. and, 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 and right. that's fine. Yeah, no, no one, you don't, you're not prepared ever for a moment like that. Uh, you and are and you aren't. Like, to the medical 
right. side of its standpoint, right. this is something they are prepared for. But And I said this this morning on Hogan Johns, too. It's like that play you practice every week that you don't really ever get to or need to because it's such a special circumstance. But if you ever do get to it, there is a, there is a blueprint for it. It's, but until you actually experience it, you're not, you don't really know how it's going to go, right? And that's what happened last night. And this was one of the reasons why I wanted to have the doctor on today because the amount of doctors that are involved in these sporting events, cardiologists, orthopedics, dentists, like there's a lot of support on hand and they're all highly trained for moments like this. And I think saved his life to the, uh, yeah. hopefully, hopefully. And they all, they all, hopefully, you know, did everything, and they did. It's, it's, it was an incredible response, I thought, from the medical professionals, the head coaches, the officials on the field, the broadcasters. That was another thing that was going yeah. on last night. Like everybody was like pounding ESPN and like, how can they have Adam Sheffield? I was like. Do you know how hard it is to sit there when you're not supposed to be on the air with zero information and all other topics are off limits? What are you supposed to say? I thought they all handled it really, it really well. Yeah, by, by the entire team there. Um, everyone just, again, trying to provide some perspective. Again, only what they could share, but um, just trying to give people the information that they had. And, you know, it's not, it's not an easy situation to just fill time like that. Like, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah, and to that point, like, I was on Fox 32 this morning, and, and Scott Schneider, who's uh, the outstanding host over there, he asked me, like, what do you tell your kids today? I was not expecting that question. I'm like, I have no idea. Like, what, what do I tell my kid who loves to play football about the guy who nearly died on the football field? I, that's I, – I, I sat there and I was like, well, I wish I wasn't on TV today because I have no idea what I just said. Because there's nothing, what can you actually say? What do I tell my kids? I'm like, you know, hey, uh, there's danger all over the place in life, and I don't want you to live your life afraid. And I also want you to live your life responsible. I don't, I mean, what am I going to say? Don't ever play football? Because this, it's really this, then in this particular incident, well, then you shouldn't be playing a lot of sports. And I don't, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want my kids to be living life in fear. It was just a, it, it's a, it's a hard thing to handle. I think it's a, it's a great point by you uh, that they handled the broadcast well. And, and Doug Van Dord's in the chat about, you know, uh, Chuck Hughes back in 1971, who is the only NFL player that died on the field. And, uh, you know, it happened against the bears. There was one play left in that game uh, after he, he was hit the play before, and then he's coming back to the huddle on the next play, and he collapsed. Uh, you know, Ed Bradovich, who both of us, you know, did radio with for seven years, was on the field that day. He was literally screaming at the officials that he was faking because because the Lions had no timeouts. It was fourth down. There's one play left. It's a four-point game. He's screaming at the – And caught. by the way, this came from OB this, telling I talked you the to story o, this I talked, morning. I talked, let's actually save this. I think we have Dr. Nikita. Yeah, okay. Barber, that, let, let's, I want to okay. talk about that that yeah. incident back in 1971, right? Yeah, 50 um, years ago. We'll, we'll save that a little bit ago. later on in the show. But yeah. uh, Dr. Nikhil Verma, who is uh, – he's been on the, the, the program before, uh, orthopedic surgeon, director, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, and uh, head team physician for the – the White Sox uh, and and Bulls, um, 
Doctor, thanks so much for jumping on today with us. We are obviously not very qualified to talk about some of this stuff. And since you are involved, um, not only having the medical knowledge that you have, but also involved with sports teams and kind of can understand the protocol and what was happening last night in real time better than, than most of us could. I, we just wanted to have you on the program. So th thanks so much for jumping on today. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. So were you watching last night as this was happening? I was. I was actually riding back from the airport. I had the game on my mobile phone. Um, and pretty quickly, you could see that the situation was which much more serious than the typical injury that you would expect to see during an NFL game. So um, can you give us an, an idea of if, – if you go back and watch it, there's so many – whether they're trainers, doctors, all the people involved, just even whoever's job it is to be on the radio to call a cart or an ambulance, you, you could see right away the response time was almost instant. It's actually impressive. I went back and watched it a few times. Can you give us a sense for what's happening there in that moment to as, as the, the time goes from realization that this isn't just a normal football injury to something that was much more serious? Yeah. So remember, you know, we have the benefit of on TV, seeing the replays three or four times. You saw that the guy got hit and then he actually stood up and then fell back down. Right. Because the first thing that goes through your mind is, is this potentially a spinal injury that's resulting in him having an inability to move? But the fact that he stood up and then went back down would take that out of the equation. But when you're coming in from the sidelines as a physician, you don't have that benefit. Right. Maybe you saw the play. Maybe it was partially blocked unclear as to what really happened. So you're, you're coming out somewhat blind in terms of assessing the situation. The trainers are generally the first ones off the, uh, off the bench, but in the NFL, it's fairly routine that the physicians are following shortly thereafter. You know, the good news is in all of the leagues in this day and age, we are thoroughly prepared for all potential occurrences. And we have what's called an emergency action plan uh, that gets submitted by each of the clubs in Major League Baseball. We rehearse it at the beginning of the year. It gets approved by Major League Baseball, and it goes through the sequence of events that would happen if an emergency like this occurred on the field. And that goes down to uh, some of the things that you're talking about, like the signals that we use to identify needing a physician, the signals that we use identifying when the ambulance should come on the field. And so as soon as you realize that you have a situation, right, you go out, the first thing you're going to do is assess consciousness, assess breathing, assess heart rate, um, or the presence of a pulse. And, and once you realize the gravity of the situation, then the emergency action plan gets signaled. Now at an NFL game, you've got two sets of orthopedic physicians, um, probably two or three physicians on each sidelines. You've got the paramedics who are present. You've got the athletic trainers. And so very rapidly, all of those resources are mobilized to provide the best care to the athlete. Uh, the one thing that's special to, to football is, is the guys are wearing helmets, which pro, uh, provides a, a significant problem in that, again, as I said, when you go out there, it's really unclear sometimes as to what was the extent of the injury. And so you've got to be very careful about the cervical spine. Even though the player may be unconscious, you can't assume that there was no cervical spine injury. The trainers all carry what are uh, called uh, uh, trainers angels, which are essentially clips that we use to be able to quickly unfasten uh, the face mask. And that allows easy access to the airway and, and precludes us from having to remove the helmet, which could actually compromise a cervical spine injury further. So the, the steps are, you know, assess the patient, recognize that in this situation, he was likely unconscious. You're checking for breathing. You're checking for a heart rate. And then as soon as you see that those two are absent, and it's unclear as in terms of when those became absent in this case, then you're triggering the full emergency response protocols. So 
Dr. Verma, would you call this a football injury? You know, I think it's unclear at this time, right? There, there are a couple things that come to mind. Um, we're, let's assume that there wasn't a, a spinal injury in this case. It looks unlikely based on what we saw in the film. Nobody can say for sure that that's not a portion of it because if you have a high cervical spine injury, that can actually impair the ability to breathe. That can then trigger a cardiac arrest. So that's a possibility. I think that's unlikely based on how quickly they started CPR rather than simply providing breathing support, which they would do in a cervical spine injury. So let's assume that that's not the case. There are a couple conditions that could be triggered here that are partially football related. And I say that because they're not specific to football, but of course they can occur in any sport that requires significant athletic endurance and or impact. Uh, the first is a condition that's called commotio cordis. That's basically an impact directly to the chest. That can be a baseball, it can be a hockey puck. It can be, in this case, maybe a helmet or some portion of the other player. It's a very specific impact to the chest that it, it, uh, results in a cardiac arrhythmia. So the heart goes into an abnormal arrhythmia. It's no longer able to pump blood. And as a result, uh, the player becomes unconscious. The second condition are various heart conditions that can occur that can create arrhythmias during uh, stressful situations. That can be running, can be running on a basketball field. It can be a triathlete, could be a football player. So again, not specific to football, but specific to the endurance. Uh, the most common one that we see, particularly in younger athletes, particularly African-American athletes, is cardiac uh, hypertrophy. And that's a condition where the cardiac wall thickness gets too big, and you can it can lead to electrical abnormalities that can create this type of situation. We had a DePaul athlete earlier this year that went down with a cardiac arrhythmia related to that in the basketball arena. Now, at the professional level, we screen for that. We screen for that with EKGs. We screen for that with ultrasounds. So most of these players are screened out for having a significant uh, cardiac uh, hypertrophy situation, but you can still have various abnormalities in your heart that can trigger an arrhythmia, either based on stress or endurance or an abnormal impact or something of that nature. And unfortunately, as as much as we do to try to screen for these conditions, we can never make that risk zero. I, I realize, uh, you know, there's it's delicate here, even speculating on on, on what it could be. Um, but given the fact that there was a shot right to the chest, it, it at least led me down a, a a research standpoint last night of reading about, uh, you said it was commotio cordis, right? Correct. Um, and I, and I, and I was reading, I'm always trying to be careful about what I read, which is one of the reasons why we had to have you on here to give us your expert opinion. But I was actually reading this relatively common sometimes in baseball. Um, it, even at the youth level with, with kids taking, you know, a shot to the chest just, at, and it sounds like it's just almost like bad luck, like at the exact wrong millisecond in the heartbeat. Can you give us a better idea of what causes that, whether that's, whether that's what happened here or not, just in general, it seems to be actually be um, an, an issue in sports. Yeah. So the, the two common sports that we would think about it more is hockey and baseball, the, you know, where there's a puck or a ball that could impact. Uh, and I think there was actually a case of it in professional hockey at one point, um, and I heard this morning that the player that was involved tweeted out best wishes to uh, um, uh, to this injury situation and actually recovered fully. So, yeah, you know, I believe is, that was Chris Pronger in 1999. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And this, so it is a condition that actually can be reversed if treated immediately. But as you said, okay. it's basically a direct impact of a sufficient force directly to the chest, impacting the heart at a specific point in the heart rhythmic cycle 
that causes the heart to uh, basically go into an abnormal rhythm where it's not pumping rhythmically anymore and can no longer effectively push blood through the circulatory system. So it leads to a, a quote unquote cardiac arrest, um, which then requires CPR to temporarily provide blood flow. And then usually an AED or a, a, another thump to the chest that would allow you to correct that rhythm. Now in today's day and age, unlike in the 1990s, uh, you know, the paramedics and the trainers, we all uh, have access, direct access to what are called AEDs. And the AED is an automatic external defibrillator. So if you all remember watching ER, you know, years ago when these uh, shows started to come on board, you would see the, the two shock handles in the ER. They'd put them on, they'd say clear, and they would shock. What these devices do is you essentially, it's a battery pack device. You put on two pads onto the chest into the correct locations. Everybody stands back. The uh, machine itself will assess the rhythm, determine if a shock is necessary because some rhythms respond to shocks, other rhythms may not, and then will administer the shock automatically if, um, if necessary. And they've been revolutionary in terms of saving lives, not only in the professional sports environment, but you know, you'll see them at malls and airports and, and all of our uh, paramedics carry them now. And, and they're really responsible for saving multiple lives of acute cardiac arrest because the name of the game is time. And the more quickly you can establish a rhythm, the more quickly you get blood flowing again, the more quickly you provide oxygen to the brain and the other um, organs, the brain is the most sensitive, and the more likely you are to be able to revive somebody and to allow them to regain full function. So I think that the question here is, what triggered this cardiac arrest? Was it a, a cardiac abnormality? Was it potentially related to a C-spine injury? Was there some um, undiagnosed or, or unclear abnormality in his heart that nobody could or would be able to recognize other than an event happening like this. And then the, the big question is how quickly were they able to mm -hmm. get him back into a normal rhythm where they could reestablish perfusion? And are there any remaining deficits related to that, which are typically brain related? Now, the problem why we're all struggling for updates at this time is it's very hard to assess injury to the brain, right? For what I do, if you've got a knee injury or you've got a bone injury, I take an x-ray, I take an MRI scan, and I know immediately, okay, he's got an ACL injury, he's got an MCL injury, I know exactly what's going on. With the brain, it can be very difficult to determine the degree of what's called ischemic injury. And ischemic injury means essentially lack of blood supply to the brain that occurs because of lack of perfusion to the brain. And that can sometimes take days or weeks to identify exactly what was the level of injury, what is the significance of that injury, and what is the prognosis for recovery. And so at this point, it's generally supportive care doing all the things we can do to try to pre prevent inflammation, to provide adequate life support, and to uh, let the injury declare itself so we can get a clear focus on what the prognosis will look like. Doctor, real quickly, I want to go back to what you mentioned, the emergency action plan. For you in your profession, how often do you, if you have to be ready at the moment's notice for anything that can happen, but how often do you kind of prepare for these types of things? Or is there a certain routine that you have to go through when you're kind of referencing that emergency action plan? Yeah, so, you know, as I said before, it really takes coordination amongst all of the individuals who are there to provide medical care to these athletes. And that includes the athletic trainers, it includes the physicians who are on staff, but also the paramedics are a big part of this because the paramedics are the ones who have all of the equipment necessary to provide emergent life support in these types of situations. And so we have, a, you know, the good news is in situations like this, 
you generally have longstanding groups that have worked together for a long period of time, right? It's not as though there are, are foreigners working together for the first time on the field in this situation. So we have it in Major League Baseball, and I would assume it's very similar in the NFL. We have a written emergency action plan. At the beginning of each season, we go through a group meeting. Uh, we walk through the emergency action plan. We make sure that the paramedics are there. We know where they're located. We review the signals. We review the quickest access to the field because in, in baseball, we're not actually on the sidelines most of the time the way that they are in football. So everybody's movements and how we're going to proceed are orchestrated all the way down to if we need one ambulance and there's a second player injury, injured, where does that second ambulance come from? Who replaces them? How do we make sure that additional athletes, if injured, are, are cared for? You know, collisions may happen where you've got two or three athletes that go down at the same time. So it really is a careful coordination to make sure that if and when the event happens, and, and these are, you know, once in many, many, many occurrences events, you've still got to be prepared because you've got literally seconds to minutes to, to make the right decisions. That, that's the amazing part about this. Like you are, it's not on the clock. You are on the second and you're, you are saving someone's life. Uh, Dr. Verma, we really appreciate you being on. And again, uh, Midwest Orthopedics at, at Rush uh, the, uh, and also uh, head team physician for the White Sox and the Bulls. And we appreciate your time. Um, this is a little two-parter here. So there's a doctor on, on Twitter, who I'm assuming is a real doctor, uh, Craig Spencer, says, as an ER doc, I can 100% tell you that after cardiac arrest, CPR, and defibr defibrillation, there is no way any provider will say DeMar Hamlet is okay anytime soon. So there's that. And then they also, they waited for his mom to come down uh, to get in the ambulance to take him to the hospital. So some people are speculating that because they waited, that they had him in a stable position already, and that's at least some reason for optimism. Uh, does that add up for you? Yeah, so I'll, I'll take those one at a time. You know, part one is it, it really depends on what you mean by he's going to be okay anytime soon, right? Like, obviously, I think football is out, not even important, but is out for the remainder of the season for him. The question is, you know, what what does the future look like? And, and there are some people that if, for example – um, you know, you're, you get to them quickly, like a typical Kamosho Cordis situation. You've got a young, healthy individual. They've got a normal heart. You trigger them back into a normal rhythm. They can literally wake up and open their eyes and say, what just happened? And, you know, be able to stand up. Now, we wouldn't not take them for an evaluation, but that's a situation where you could see them out of the hospital within days, for example. Uh, the flip side is, you know, again, we're speculating on what the condition here is, but the critical factor is going to be how long was it that he was undergoing CPR, did not have great blood supply to the brain, and was there any actual irreversible damage that occurred there? And unfortunately, until we know that, which may take days to even weeks, we're really all speculating on what the future may look like. Obviously, we're all hoping for the best for DeMar, and, and um, we're hoping that he makes a full recovery. Football is secondary, uh, but it's really even hard to speculate in terms of what may be the prognosis for him in terms of returning to daily life, normal functional activities, uh, and those types of things. Um, remind me of the second part of your question. Uh, this, With they, the ambulance and the... And, they, they, they waited for his mom to come down, which is, you know, horrible, horrible moment for the mom and the family and all that. But they waited for her, so people say, well, maybe they had it remotely under control. Yeah, it's hard to know what that means, right? Because it, it, certainly he was on the field long enough that the mom could have been down in the, you know, in the tunnel where the ambulance is going out and they pop open the door and she's in and, and away they go. I would say that it, it would be uncommon that if he was in an unstable situation, 
that you would wait for a family member to arrive to allow them to to access the ambulance. But, you know, because of the nature of, of the incident, the fact that it's professional sports, you know, who knows where she was, how long it took to get in. I don't want to speculate what that means, but I would agree that it would be unlikely that they would spend any material amount of time with an unstable patient to wait for a family member in that situation. Yeah. Uh, Doctor, we really appreciate it. It's a really good insight that I think um, a lot of people, obviously, is a big story. A lot of people just witnessing this at home. You know, Monday Night Football, viewed by so many, it, it, I think, is, is another reason why this is um, – yeah, but, but and so I, many questions coming from it. No doubt. And, you got more? No, well, I just did one. For the regular person out there who's worried they might have something that could be whatever, what, what's what's your recommendation on, on that side here, doctor, for just a, I don't know, chest x-ray, get your EKGs, what what, what should... Or maybe what even sh- just parents of kids parents playing of sports. Kids, like, sure. what, 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 should, what should happen? Yeah, I heard you guys speaking about this earlier in terms of what do you say to your son or daughter who plays sports, who witnessed this on TV last night. I think the first thing is, obviously, we're all concerned about um, DeMar's health and, you know, the human element here is very real. But we also have to look in terms of uh, what has been the historical incidence of these types of situations, right? And when you look across all of the major professional sports leagues over the last 50 years, we can count on one hand the number of times that an incident like this has occurred. And even if you expand it to the NCAA and other situations, you know, these are uh, events that occur once in five or 10 years. And, and if you think about the number of snaps and the number of games and the number of game minutes get, that get played, uh, you can never take the risk out of sports. But this is akin to getting hit by lightning or, you know, winning the lottery. This is not an event that we would anticipate being a significant risk to any of our youth athletes who are out there. And so I, I don't want people to get misconstrued into thinking that this is a, a, a high risk to, to their individuals. You know, they probably have more risk being driven to school every day for a motor vehicle accident than they do being on the field, getting hit at the right moment and having this occur. So I think perspective is helpful here. You know, when it happens, it's obviously uh, devastating to that one individual, but, but I don't think it should create undue panic amongst us. The second class is is kind of the weekend warriors. It's guys like us who want to be active on the weekend. And there, I think the key is you just got to listen to your body, right? And so some of the symptoms that would uh, that would lead to us being concerned about this are shortness of breath, chest, tight, chest tightness, chest pain, any types of these symptoms that occur during any vigorous activity, from shoveling snow to playing a pickup game of basketball. You know, you can't ignore those types of things because these are really events that when they happen, can be devastating to you and to your family and can really lead to a significant risk of, of, uh, of death. And so what I would say is not everybody has to run out and get screened. Uh, obviously the AMA and the cardiac societies all have recommendations that if you're seeing your doctors regularly tell you when you should have your first EKG, when you should have a stress test, uh, you know, there are things like cardiac CTs now that are recommended for patients with have family histories to help identify calcium plaques that are occurring uh, so there's lots of great preventive measures out there. The key is routine access to healthcare, understand the risk, uh, the symptoms that put you at risk, and make sure that if you're exhibiting any of them, that you just go check it out with your doctor and don't wait. Thanks so much, doctor. Uh, great advice there. I appreciate you addressing that here at the end, too, because uh, I think a lot of people are wondering about that today. I encourage our, our viewers, listeners, to, to check uh, out your Twitter account at Dr. Nikhil Verma. I know you're on Facebook too. A lot of good information popping up on there. And um, uh, again, thanks so much for jumping on with us today. I appreciate it, guys. All right. Thank you. There he is, Dr. Nikhil Verma. All right. Uh, quick time out. I want to address some of the, obviously, some of that stuff um, that. <laughs> 
we talked about in there because there were there was a lot to digest, um, including that stuff at the end because I think that that's um, it, it was very re- the ending in particular was very reassuring to you know hey let's put it in perspective. Um, as awkward as it is, we need to thank the people that help support the show on a daily basis and, and allow us to be here um, and produce this for you. And, and, of course, that starts with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, our go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out right now. Everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Place a same game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code CHGO. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And I have to tell everybody about Athletic Greens. This right here, if you're watching the show, this is actually the container that I put my Athletic Greens in every day. Solid and sweet. But with one scoop of your AG1s, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right. This mixture of greens helps your immune system, gives you energy, and improves your focus. And that's why I take my Athletic Greens, and you should too. What's awesome about Athletic Greens is that it costs less than a cup of coffee a day, also, it helps support better sleep quality and recovery, which we all definitely need. So no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health and to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash CHGO Bears. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash CHGO Bears to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Um, this just in from the NFL, by the way, answering a question we were we were discussing earlier. Um, just got this in my inbox. Official statement from the NFL. The NFL continues to be in regular contact with the medical team caring for DeMar Hamlin and also the Bills and Bengals organizations and the NFL Players Association. After speaking with both teams and NFL PA leadership, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell informed the clubs today that the Bills-Bengals game will not be resumed this week. The NFL has made no decision regarding the possible resumption of the game at a later date. The league has not made any changes to the Week 11 regular season schedule. Week 18. What did I say? 11. Excuse me, I don't know what not, I said. Doesn't matter. I'm literally Just reading 18. <laughs> it's, uh, These things happen. Brains are weird. Uh, with the Week 18 regular season schedule, we will continue to provide additional information as it becomes available. So there you go. I, I think logical decision there. We The Bills flew home last night, um, which told you right away it wasn't like this game was going to happen tonight. And um, there's also a chance that based on what happens this weekend, the game might not matter that much for the, the playoff seeding or anything like that. So they might not need to play. It's, it's kind of not that it's the same thing, but you know how in baseball you have games that get postponed and then – you push them back to the end of the year, you realize yeah. it doesn't even need to be played. I, I, this is a little different. It's football. There was actually a lot on the line last night, uh, which is a whole different discussion for a lot of different reasons. Um, but there you go. There's the latest update from the NFL office. Yeah, and do we have the – from the family of DeMar Hamlin? Is that we on do. The, yeah, right yeah, here. Yeah, this so, was released about an hour ago. So um, this is – I mean, the family – uh, first of all, like when you read up on Demar, I just you know try to humanize it a little bit. I mean, here's a guy who, you know, is a 
who grew up in Pennsylvania, played at Pitt, has done a ton off the field. There's been millions of dollars donated to his Toys for Tots. Um, you know, just try to, you know, I saw in the comments there, like, would you guys do this for a regular Joe? In, in the terms of the NFL, DeMar Hamlin is a regular Joe. No, nobody nobody I was sitting there doing scouting reports on DeMar Hamlin like he was Tom Brady yesterday. I mean, this is just a regular guy playing football that you would not recognize walking down the street. Um, now, to what Adam was talking about earlier, the fact that it happened on Monday Night Football with the entire focus uh, the entire sports were basically watching that, except for Matt Peck, Big Dave, watching the Bulls game, which is a good thing we don't have to talk about that today. Um, you know, it, 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 it became the story that it's become uh, and how shocking it was. Kevin, you, you want to say something over there? It's a football podcast. Yeah. You're going to talk about the news of the day. I don't understand why, you know, some of those comments are, need to be said. Well, right. Know? I mean, we're, we're not defending why we're, we're, we're ta- talking about it. I just, but I just I think it's just... You know, this this is just a regular guy who's living a dream as a sixth round draft pick trying to make his way in the NFL. Who's uh, you know twenty four years old out of McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania, uh, which you know, uh, and to what the doc was just saying, like hopefully he can live a normal life. Uh, football would be the the ultimate gravy slash uh, you know whipped cream on top of the Sunday if he can get back out there. I think. Part of the reason why I go back to what I said off the top of the show, you know, why it's okay to just slow down, like let let things develop, let information come out. Like, not surprisingly at all, people jump into conclusions last night, even bringing up things like the vaccine causing this, oh like, you know, the it's society we live in right now. <laughs> and, and, then, and then it comes out <laughs> almost immediately that, hey, uh, remember, at, actually, this has happened before, 1971. Oh, yeah, Chris Pronger, 1999, hockey. Adam Johns mentioned a couple other examples this morning from hockey. We just had a doctor on that said, hey, yeah, this happens. Hockey, baseball, what, you know, it, it's it's just something that happened. It was very unfortunate, you know, and everybody's thinking about Jamar Hamlin, but it doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be like a referendum on everything. Right. No doubt about it. When we're jumping to conclusions, um, yeah, I guess we could like wrap up the the seventy one Chuck Hughes thing. Yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, so the Bears are up by four. It's late in the fourth quarter. He gets nineteen seventy one Bears Lions game. Nineteen seventy one. Chuck Hughes is playing for the Lions. And Chuck Hughes is playing for the Lions, and he gets cracked. On second down, I want to say. And he makes his way back to the huddle. They do the next play. And then when he's coming back, he's looking right at OB. And OB sees him go down. And the Lions don't have any timeouts. So OB thinks he's faking. And again, this is coming from Ed Obradovich, who talked to Carm. If you're just joining us, Carm talked to Ed Obradovich this morning. uh, Yeah, Mm -hmm. an hour ago. So OB is screaming at the officials. He's faking, he's faking, he's faking, calling him every name in the book. Buckus is doing the same thing. And then Buckus walks over to him, sees him, and then you've seen the video where he starts waving like we have an actual real problem. And think about 50 years today to what happened back then. They brought a gurney out on the field. They put him on the gurney. 
They put a, put a sheet over him, not over his face, but put a sheet over him, and they're wheeling him off the field. There's, the t- t- technology's not anywhere close. And Obizek's right, but you could see, like, as they're wheeling him up, that his arm fell off the gurney and was dangling there. And Obi was like, this guy, basically, this guy, you know, knowing, like, this guy is dead. He literally just died. And, and so it's fourth down, the game's not over, and the officials are like, you guys got to finish the game. And and they're yelling at the officials like, are you are you kidding? We got to we got we got to play this last play. You have to finish the game. So they finish the game. Incomplete. Bears win. The Bears go into the locker room, and they're celebrating the win. Yeah. You know, and and, and you know, and Ob's telling the story again an hour ago. He's like he's like I, he's like we're all celebrating, and then and I was like wait wait guys guys stop, and they all got down and they did a prayer in the locker room. Uh, for Chuck Hughes, and 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 like not long after they did that prayer, you know, uh, whoever came in and told them that that indeed, you know, that he had passed away. So, different time, different era. But, but it's also it, it, yes, different time, different era. But it, it, every situation is different. You know, the, we we were at a game, um, or at least I was. I don't remember if you were there that night when uh, when Danny Farquhar on the White Sox had a brain aneurysm in the dugout. Like right after he came off the mound from pitching, yep, and no one really knew what was going on, and guess what? They finished that game, and and you know he gets taken out of there. No one really knows what's going on, and and uh, even to this day, I don't. That's like it would be easy to jump to the conclusion, and be like, well, how the hell did they finish that game? But it's like we don't know what the mood is, we don't know what the players are feeling, we don't know what they know, what they don't know. It's like just so easy to judge things, um, and. It's just like maybe you shouldn't. I don't know. And I think, and just looking back on that day, perhaps slightly different, at least as far as finishing the game, that it happened in the dugout. Like if it had just it happened on the field, and both teams had just seen him, you know, like yeah, totally different vibe. Now, you know, you're a White Sox player in that dugout. I finishing that baseball game can't be, could not have been easy for the Sox that day. And you know, obviously, it's amazing that Danny's. Fine and moving along and all, and all that. I follow, I follow him on Twitter. I think he was he had some photos posted last week with his family skiing. I want to say or something. He made a he yeah. made a comeback all the way to play being a AAA player. Yeah, it's you pretty know. pretty incredible. And yeah. that's why you guys like telling those stories of how it happened before, seeing what happened last night, how quickly the medical team, everybody responded so quickly. It, it's you know just you give your props to to that everybody who's involved to get. Demar Hamlin, the the help he needed at that moment, because again, you, it's seconds, milliseconds. We were talking about with the doctor that they have to kind of correct whatever is going on with whatever player. So um, that's that's exactly why they're there to help save lives. Those and moments, you know. We unfortunately we went through this earlier this year with Havarkish at at House Hall, and that was I, another incident of an amazing. And again. It's the response, life. and that wasn't on the field in front of everybody. It was out in a parking lot where there was a little bit of delay of, you know, someone ha- being in the right place at the right time and seeing him, and then, but then, bam. And, you know, it's not really my place to go into all the details, but a lot of this has been reported, so we'll just kind of go off of that. Um, but the response time from Bear Security, specifically John Tarpey, um, who p- literally saved Hub's life, um, and I was having a conversation with him to give you a better idea of what the doctor was talking about too. 
with the way this technology's come from, what they're prepared for, how much how better it is. So I I want to say Tarpy said that there's 12 different defibrillators in the building. Wow. And mm-hmm. more at the Walter Payton Center. And like you heard uh, Dr. Nikhil Verma tell us earlier about how those machines like can basically work themselves now. They test the heart rhythm. They see whether or not the shock needs to be administered, and then they and, and then it'll do it. it. Well, that requires a battery that works, right? So there's just like a smoke detector. You got to replace those batteries. They're not cheap. You got to go around every, you know, I don't know how often it is, but make sure they're all working at any given time. So if anything ever like that happens, you're ready. There you go. And uh, it's just. For, it's insane. For those who don't know, the Walter Payton Center is the indoor facility where they practice. And you know, then there's the whole office structure. And Hub was, you know, the, and the parking lot is kind of, I don't know, it's, it's like a triangle. Uh, and, and as you see, there's a tweet from Arthur Arkish, Hub's son, prayer, praying for Damar Hamlin, whose situation is eerily close for us. Dad's life was saved by first responders with CPR, defib. And we're so hopeful the same level of heroes, heroism Encourage helps create another miracle. That's awful nice from Arthur. You know the the hub thing. Um, I was walking with him. You saw you saw me like a couple, literally a couple of days before that happened, and I didn't know Hub's story that his dad had started Pro Football Weekly and that Hub was getting out of college at Michigan, had no interest in going into the business. He wanted to go out to California and, like, be a zookeeper, basically. So he's telling me this whole story. We're walking back. And, yeah, but his was him telling you all this. Yeah, he's, this yeah. is, like, a, literally a couple of days. He's like, but, you know, my, but, but, the, but the business was not doing well. My dad asked for uh, my help, and, and I, uh, I don't think I'm talking about Turner at all. So, and, so he, and so he decided to, to try and help. And then his dad passed away young in his 50s with a heart attack. He's telling me this whole story. And so he's like, and then, you know, I took on the business to try to, you know, keep it going, you know, for my dad. And, you know, however many years later, it's, it's still going. And then literally five days later or whatever it was, um, this happened, it was, which was awful. Yuri, and it's just amazing to see Hub um, back. And, I, you know, I heard his appearance on the score last week or whatever it was. Um, so yeah. Any rate, that it's life is crazy, right? I mean, this is it's, I, you 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 never never know what's coming out there. So prayers that it's good things for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, we can talk a little bit about the logistics uh, from the the football side eventually. I mean, this is all there's all things that do the fallout. Of all this is stuff that affects. Um, a lot of people, while it's certainly not nearly as important as the the health of, of Demar Hamlin, and uh, some people are worried about their fantasy teams out there. I know you are. I don't know that you're worried about it, but there's there's <laughs> there, see what happens. But but you're but, interested. But but also, but in all seriousness, this yeah. is this is a huge business. It, it's even it's not even it's just it's not nothing that they didn't finish a Monday Night Football game. You know what I mean? It, like, this was a huge doubleheader for ESPN. Rose Bowl going into one of the better Monday night games of the year between the Bengals and Bills. It's obviously the right decision, 100%, like, mm-hmm. handled handled well. But there's a lot of answers that still need to come out, a lot of questions that are still lingering for many different reasons. So um, I think we can fairly address some of that Um it would have been insensitive to do so off the top of the show. <laughs> um, but uh, real quick, though, uh, 
our, our friends at ComEd want to make sure you know about the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program, which is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our territory. Customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights, learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device and track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor-outdoor lighting and network lighting controls, making these projects even more cost-effective than before. Visit comed.com slash powering biz now to start saving money and energy to start a project contact us at 1-855-433-2700 for more information you can email business ee at comed.com or public sector ee at <laughs> i don't know if that was actually an e but there you go you, uh, you stole my read it's a major. There was a. We we would have been going for five more minutes at least before you realized you had to do it. Oh, so it was intentional <laughs> and well done. And no, good job, good job, good job, good job. That, nope, that, that would have that's what a good the host loaf does. that I was trying to put on you is coming right back to me. We'll point the thumb. There's no chance you would have done. I know, that. no, no. Yeah, I was yeah. like, why are you doing the read right now? It's it's we just we're not even close to that part of the show. But you were right. We're I guess actually ten minutes late for that part. Yeah, of the it's twelve forty nine. I got it. I got so I'm going to really quickly tell everybody about Shady Rays, which are premium polarized shades featuring world class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles care to everyone and every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program. In all of eyewear, if you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality that I can tell you, holding my hand seems just as good as any expensive pair that I've ever worn. Shady Rays customers seem to agree with over 200,000 five-star reviews. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You get two f- pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all the newest and best shades. So, we're actually going to sneak in a little bit of Bears talk here at the end, react to um, some of the so stuff Eberflus said yesterday. But, but real quick, mm-hmm. with the standings, it, it is interesting because both the Bills and Bengals still had a shot at the number one seed. Mm-hmm. And... Essentially, as it stands right now, if this game doesn't get played, Buffalo is a half game behind Kansas City. Kansas City's thirteen and three. The Bills are twelve and three. You know they haven't played as many games now. Um, which, if I, I think I talked about this, I was on the show or not on the show. How it was kind of ridiculous that they put the Chiefs on Saturday, um, because that game would end up impacting whether things mattered on Sunday with a few different games, including the um, the Patriots. Um, who do the Patriots play on Sunday? Yeah, hold on. I oh, they play, they play Buffalo. So Buffalo would potentially not have to play their starters because they have nothing to play for, which would basically put the Patriots into the playoffs. Right. A lot of moving pieces here. Now it's even mm-hmm. more complicated if we're going to take a game out of the standings. Um. If you don't play this game, Kansas City, the way I'm looking at this right now, clinches the one seed just by winning Saturday. That's correct. Um, Which is why they shouldn't do it that way. So you think the game should get played at some point? 
No, I don't think that. I think they should honestly, in in this particular, if it was me, I I would I would do the standing, I would do the playoff seedings, uh, as it was going into this week. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm saying like the games oh. that didn't happen there. I I'm not going to give the. Ch- I'm I'm going to say going into this week b- before Buffalo and the Bengals were supposed to play. What were the standings? And that's how I would do the top half. Like this is where this word ends. Buffalo would have been the one, right? They wouldn't have been the one. Kansas City would have. So, so, okay, then. So then wherever, however it was, yeah. my bad, KC the one, Buffalo the two, then I would I would leave it like that. I don't know. I, 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 just, I think you got to think a little bit outside the box here and what's, well, what's most fair. Cincinnati also, they essentially had two shots to win the division. They win last night, they win the division. You're basically taking <laughs> away one of those shots, and now they have to beat Baltimore on Sunday. Which yeah. is a little bit easier, actually, just from it uh, is, yeah, you know, <laughs> looking at the okay, teams. just going to the next game. But um, I still don't know that's necessarily fair. You can also say, so what? This is bigger than football. You know, it, it, it's not going to be fair. It doesn't. Yeah. Well, Adam, what you were saying at the top, like we don't have to know this answer, but this is this week coming up, and the NFL is probably going to have to figure out something in terms of figuring out the seedings. Right, yeah. like this is they don't have a, a large time timeline to try to to figure things out. So it'll be interesting to see what the league ends up doing because, like you said, there is a business that's still being handled here uh, outside of um, obviously and, and, what happened. And, and, and the trickle down is real. Like, let's just have a real conversation right now. I mean, obviously, the most important thing is Demar Hamlin. We are all establishing that off the top. But I mean, from just playoff seating, remember these guys, these players are all trying to win a Super Bowl at the end of the day. And this stuff impacts because uh, yeah. if you just don't count this game, the Bengals yeah. automatically lose a shot at the number one seed. Yep. I think regardless of what the Chiefs do, because the the Bengals would have needed both wins. Yep. So, and you know that I don't know that that's that's tough. It, the division that's tough. And we're just talking about a football standpoint. Now you start talking about gambling money. A little which stuff, yeah. doesn't necessarily matter. Fantasy football money, which doesn't necessarily matter. But we're also all fans, and there's a lot of people sitting around today wondering, like, okay, well, what what's going to happen here? What's fair? What what? Well, how do you handle it? And the fan, the fantasy leagues, which is interesting, is like you get to be your own level of creativity on what is fair. Do you give the Do you give the average scores? Do you let the Do you give credit to the backups? Who would you have moved up if that person wasn't available? I, I know that these are conversations that I'm sure you're having. You're you're more of a fantasy guy than I am. Um, there's a lot of There's a lot of different ways you could do it. Do you add on another week and do it that way? Um, if If those guys are actually playing. The other part about that is if it's the last week in uh, the season and we're okay, we're giving you that, but maybe the guy doesn't play. Maybe it doesn't matter anymore. Maybe and right. It's very complicated. Right. You could and donate all your your league pot to Demar Hamlin's you know charity. If you you could do. There's that, a lot that, of ways that, to do that's it. That's another great. Maybe the best idea right there from Kevin. Uh, so you know you can just be really terrible at fantasy like me, and you don't have to matter. even worry about this uh, yeah. situation because I'm nowhere <laughs> right. near the playoffs. So. And, and and by the way, I was not you know I I needed to work out last night, so I was on I was working on my tennis game, shockingly with a ball <laughs> machine, and I was like you know what I'm I'm I, I don't the forehand doesn't feel right I'm going to send a Twitter video to Brad Gilbert and have him break it down, and so I take this I take you know I clip out 17 seconds of me hitting the forehand, 
I'm trying to hit it out in front. I'm late. It's, it just it doesn't look good. I, I sent it out, and, like, I wasn't paying attention. And, like, two tweets came over the top, like, read the room, Carm. Oh. And I was, like, and I started scrolling through. I'm, like, oh, delete. Because <laughs> I, you know, and, and it's, I, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. But I also didn't did, know I, like, I too. just, you know, like, that. that's the whole thing. Like, the, the, the morality police out there, like, everybody's got to calm down a little bit. Yeah. I agree, and that's a uh, Bragg's chiming in here. My league, the guys uh, in the championship agreed to split the winnings, which was eighteen hundred dollars. There you go. There nice. you go. Nice. Um, yeah, my situation's not as complicated then. Not that anyone cares, but I was down like sixty-five, but with Josh Allen and Jamar Chase, which that's, is like that's you can't rule out getting that many points. No. It's probably not going to happen. If at the end of the day I'm just declared a loser, fine. I'm not going to be that mad about it given the situation, but it's like, you know, it's yeah. tough. It's tough, man. You, you, you're, you are, well, that's the whole point of this, by the way. It's like, uh, in, not, in response to what Bragg just said, I wouldn't feel right splitting it being down that much. Yeah. You know it, what I mean? Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel, I, I wouldn't feel like that's fair to him. Get two capable players. Uh, away. And, yeah. that. and this is like the rewinding back to the start of the show. You, you have to be able to separate sports life from real life. We all know that whether Ho gets paid in his fantasy league is completely and utterly irrelevant when it comes to real life. Mm-hmm. And, okay, we also have all signed up for, I know what you're doing out there is extremely dangerous, yep. and go out there and entertain me, and also let's, let's have what you're also doing uh, you know, impact my wallet at the same time. Which, by the way, kind of does matter because you know money money matters in in this world. So it's it, I I don't I don't think this should be that difficult of an understanding that no, I, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. you know mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm with you. Um, real quick, kind of on that topic, you know, there still was some bear stuff that happened yesterday. Games are still going to happen mm-hmm. this week, and I think it was notable that Nick, extreme. you were you were there. At, I was not. Coming off of the tweets that were coming out and things like that, it sure seemed like Matt Eberflus's tune on playing Justin Fields changed based on what he said Sunday in Detroit in a press conference I was at, mm-hmm. where it seemed pretty clear if he's healthy, he's playing. So my response to that was either, okay, now they're going to meet Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, and maybe their tune's changing, or is he dealing with an injury? You know, it could be a little bit of both there, Adam, but, like, the tone that you talked about Sunday after the game to Monday afternoon definitely changed because Iberflus is kind of backtracking because here's the direct quote. Like I said, we're working uh, on that, on everybody, including Justin. We're going to visit with Ryan, Ryan Poles, the rest of the coaching staff. The health of the football team, the entire health of the team, to me, is where we were two weeks ago is different than where we are now. Yeah. So... What he's saying about Justin Fields, I think inc- there's a concern, or not concern, but there's definitely questions about whether he will play on Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. And honestly, how what, I think it was a game the uh, leading up to Thanksgiving where we didn't know the status of Fields up until that Friday, I kind of have a feeling it's going to be the same exact way where we're not going to have a true indication of Fields if he's going to play on Sunday until the very last day that last injury report comes out. I was just shocked. Like, wow. Okay. We're having some level of epiphany, I think, that (laughs) if he gets hurt in the last week, we are not going to be able to hang out with ourselves all offseason. 
<laughs> that's yeah. what it felt like to me. Like, and he he didn't he he. It was like a nice sort of easy tiptoe to. I'm with you, Mubs. I think they're sitting him. Like I, that's that's where I that's what I got out of it. Like you are doing, and and I also wondering if he is dealing with some little form like that the hip thing hip, where he was yeah. you know where he was moving around. Yeah, that was. I, I think that's probably what's. If I had to bet, that's what I'd say is going on. He got a little dinged up on that hip, which is why he didn't look like himself after that play. And why so would you put him out like there this week? He hit the head at one point in that game. On the that fumble, t- on the fumble, he got he got smacked on that play right in the head oh, too. It was miserable to watch. Yeah, miserable. So yeah, I don't. All think right. I, so Nathan Peterman time. It's got it's it's. I wouldn't be surprised. It would be very bear like, by the way, if Peterman goes out there and just rips apart the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> the, the offense, number one seed. The offense looks better than it has in weeks. Yeah. Peter is just moving up and down the field. Of the <laughs> What's the spread at right now? I should look this up. It did move, um, and I couldn't tell if it moved because... I think it moved. It, someone said it moved after Iberflus' comments yesterday about, like, the uncertainty about whether Fields would, you know, to play. It didn't it make moved. sense to me that, that um, the Vikings would just not try to win. No, they want to play home field. Like, they have a chance to – you don't yeah. want to go play San Francisco on the road, I think, if they end up losing. Right, but there's also, do you want to play Green Bay or New York in the first round? Yeah. That part and of it, too. What Green because Bay did the, the Packers week. just whooped them. Um, I don't know. To me, I, I, to me, more than anything – It's four-point spread now. Okay, so that's where it was after. Okay. It, but it was – I mean, I think it opened as a pick quickly went to minus one. Now the Vikings are minus four. So maybe that's an indication they realize Fields might not play or mm-hmm. – I don't know. To me, you, you can't go into the playoffs like this if you're the Vikings. Not after you, that performance. Even if it's the Giants. So you're – let's say hypothetically they're, they're playing the Giants. They give up on this game. They're playing the Giants at home. Rematch of a game two weeks ago on mm-hmm. Christmas Eve, which came down to a 61-yard yeah. walk-off field goal. Like they needed a miracle to beat the Giants – Two weeks ago, then they got their butts kicked. They had to. They were by down the thirty by That's the Colts. That's how you want to go have a rematch. I would pick the. Yeah. I would probably pick the Giants to win. They haven't been playing that well. If you're down by thirty to Colts and you have to have some miracle to come back in that game too, like the Vikings need to get a, a get right game for the playoffs. And, yeah. And and let me introduce you to the <laughs> Chicago Bears. <laughs> defense. I mean, they it, fixed the Lions this year. They fixed the Commanders. The Lions now think they have an elite defense. They're so yeah. See those stats? They were earlier in the year. We we figured it out. Which if we can get well, we'll see. By the way, I am so happy that uh, Sunday night is what they chose for Detroit and Green Bay. They deserve that spotlight. I'll be in Green Bay. It's in Green Bay. It's gonna be. It'll be. It'll be interesting. I don't want to get too excited about football today, but that's a All right. that's a good ending well, for those two. Appreciate um, everybody. You know, being here today and understanding that this wasn't necessarily a bear show and and really didn't need to be today. Um, What we planned on talking about today was ridiculous draft trade ideas. It's coming up. Don't you worry. So so when you compare that to the reality of last night, um, yeah, they don't they don't really mix, but maybe they do tomorrow. And um, we'll we'll get back to all that. When it's when it's appropriate, but um, appreciate Dr. Nikhil Verma coming on, and appreciate everybody for um, you know just 
the conversation today. The yeah. uh, donations now over four million too. That's great. And on a positive awesome. note. Yeah, the Chasing M's Foundation Community Toy Drive. Uh, the link's all over social media. If you're listening on the podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, you can you can see it there. But uh, if you're listening on the podcast, it's the Chasing M's Foundation Community Toy Drive. Damar Hamlin's Toy Drive from actually 2020. It started out with a goal of $2,500. That's nuts. Yeah. That's amazing. Now $4 million. Bill's Mafia, man, they are, they are something with taking on causes. I would hope that that toy drive... I mean, $4 million, that's a lot of toys. They can do a lot. They can get a plenty of toys, and they can do something with, I don't know, $3.5 of that dollars and put it to some amazing cause, too, or spread it around. There's a lot of options for them. Sure. Um, all right. Follow us on Twitter. At Adam Hogue, at the Carm, at Nicholas Moriano. Uh, tomorrow's a Wednesday. We will be here uh, with a show for you at noon. Nick will be at House Hall jumping on with all the news that comes out. Maybe we'll get a better idea of who's playing, who's not, what's the latest on Justin Fields uh, and his health. So that's all tomorrow at noon. Check it out. Please uh, go to allchshow.com. Become a diehard if you're not already. Uh, plenty of ways to connect with us there. Uh, merch at the CHGO Locker. Flying off the shelves. People loving the merch. And um, again, check out all our shows here on the CHL YouTube channel all day long. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow.